We know of new methods of attack. All right, well, normally, if you're listening to this podcast, you hear Camille Foster screaming greetings and the rest of it. Mm. But you're probably listening to this on the regular podcast. This is a Patreon episode, but we're going to release it for all of you peasants. So we're giving a little thing here for free. (laughs) Once in a while. I think we've done this once before. So stop being fucking cheap. uh, (laughs) Is that how you pitch things, Camille? Start off hostile. Yes. I don't don't know, but... Yeah, this is the usual Patreon dispatch. We're going to do a wide release um in honor of in honor of great victories. And <laughs> here Jesus. here you are. Good God. With uh, us. Jesus. It's the fifth column and we don't play games. Uh Matt Welch, Mike Moynihan, Reason, Vice, Camille, Freethink. Uh yeah, it's been an eventful weekend. Sunday evening. So, so last week, <laughs> yeah. Let me set the scene for people here. Last week we were recording, and Matt and I said, "You, you, you ready for to do more?" And you're like, "Dude, what the fuck? I've done this a million times, I, like a million times." Being TV, it was your first appearance on Mar, and we're like, "Well, it's a little different. There's going to be a little bit of," and like you're like, "Dude, whatever, it's fine." So you did Bill Maher's show on Friday. You taped it. It's usually live, but you taped it this time, and and you texted us afterwards, and you're like. I think I, I think I did okay. Mm-hmm. I think I might have, I think I might have con- <laughs> conquered this one. And then it aired at 10 yeah. p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday. Did I only and tell then, you guys that it did okay? Because I, I said no, to someone else were, that I that I burned the fucking studio to the ground. I, th- I think it was. I, I was trying to make you sound <laughs> less <laughs> arrogant. The word no, that you used, you, the word that you used was murdered. That's what I <laughs> yeah. recall. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Calm down, OJ." Well, you can I mean, murder people. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, we don't all murder people with knives and decapitate. I mean, them. sometimes you burn not, a building down, knowing people are yeah, inside, and you cement the doors right. closed because you want yeah. to keep them inside. And then you set it on fire, and you hope they die. Sometimes that's you do that. not referencing anything that. Happened no, I'm not referencing years. anything that's happened in the last <laughs> year or so. Of course Look not. And people. if it did happen, it was obviously yeah. right wing racist mob who did this. Like Obviously, you. it could only be because they're the only ones who engage in acts of wanton violence, political violence, you're, if you will. You're a one man uh, right wing racist mob. Right I now. am. So, I am. So what after that aired? I mean, we don't want to get saddled with how pompous you were in your text. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, correct. But pompous. Uh. Um, <laughs> It aired. What happened then? Oh, um, <laughs> well, there was a bit of a, a kerfluffle. I mean, people have engaged with it online. Um, and I, and I must say that at this point, I mean, I, I really don't know how to measure the impact. We've seen an explosion in downloads, which is great. I think we like are in some top 100, if not much higher at this point for the podcast overall, which is great. Um, and Twitter activity is quite high which is a an important mm. gauge for people who are in the journalism space because Twitter is a wasteland filled with miserable journalos who are peddling their wares and offering vapid takes and then there's us being great mm. on that platform and <laughs> people have just true. been kind of nuts uh recently but the I'll say this the overwhelming bit of support, of of feedback I've gotten has been very positive like if I were to to measure it Right now, I'd say it's like 10 to 1. Like, this is really interesting, or you were right, and that's amazing. Of course, because of both, I think, like cognitive biases 
and my own like weird predilections, <laughs> I am almost exclusively gravitating towards like the bad takes. And I didn't watch yeah. the thing after it aired or I didn't watch it in, until it like late Saturday night when I was falling asleep because again, I'm weird. I don't like being wrong in public. I'm, I'm exceedingly critical of myself when I do these things in public because of that. And I was trolling and by trolling, I don't mean I was like actually trolling these people. I was going through all of these um, negative responses to see if there was any evidence that I'd gotten something materially wrong. Um, and for the most part, virtually all of the feedback that I got was like derision on account of me being perceived as a kid, which is amazing because I'm 40, um, or being denigrated because I'm too prideful, which I mean, it, it might be true, but the two is subjective and I, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's appropriate. Appropriate, um, but I've also been denigrated for being a self-hating black person, which again, the two things <laughs> you've never but to be both. That's to that's totally new to you. Right? Yeah, no, it's, no, it's no one's ever. And I want to congratulate the people, yeah. people that have brought that out. Like, I, I'm really gonna just throw this. He's never heard this before. It's like Camille just said he's forty. He's been hearing this for twenty two years. And the rest I think of your it, mother even, said it to you. Your Jamaican mother was like, "Why'd you hate yourself?" And then, and then there's just a ton of ad hominem and racial slurs. Uncle Tom, house nigga, coon, all of the things that I've heard a thousand times before. No one is terribly creative. Uh, and this is, this is true even of these blue check mark dimwits who have hundreds of thousands of followers or maybe tens and they offer their takes. And for the most part, it is the, the most base sort of stupid thing you could ever imagine. And it is actually, it's actually pretty frustrating. Because I would love to be in a position <laughs> where I could kind of have thoughtful exchanges with people who disagree with me. And for the most part, I haven't had that with a, an exception, which I'll leave for a bit later in the conversation. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been engaging with these people, trying to, to not let it completely consume me so I can enjoy some bits of the weekend. But it's, it's been a lot. Um, I, for those who oh, yeah, don't pause there. For those who don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, uh, congratulations, you're living Good life for you. well. Good um, for you. Uh, but it's been I uh, have been really enjoying this weekend um, doing something which I rarely do, which is a look on a specific individual's Twitter feed for all of his or her <laughs> tweets or replies. And it's Camille's, his tweets and replies, because he's specifically doing this. The people are coming at him with like, uh, oh, you're just trying to get like conservative white applause. You Congratulations. Just white love you. Yeah. And, and he's like, that's, you know, uh, that, that's ad hominem. Did I say anything that you can specifically quote and disagree with? And no one, <laughs> not a single person. And you've done this like 11 times, maybe 46 times and uh -huh. not a single one of them. Not one really seriously. Not one has come back with anything um, specific on what you said. It's just like, how dare you? You're a traitor. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're, you're too arrogant. You don't know. You're about... a traitor is the best. You're a race traitor. I've, I've literally gotten that in, in addition to you're a traitor is these these long, stupid posts about how ashamed people are of me and how they feel deep shame and deep sadness mm -hmm. because of what I've done to our people. And 
and it's insane. You're a stranger. I don't know you. It's such. It a, is I don't, so weird. What a what a weirdo you are. I literally have like a waiter will come over to me at a restaurant and like punch me in the face and like drop a drink on me. I'm like I'm too lazy to actually write a Yelp review. Like who the fuck are the people that are actually like? I saw a TV show and that person disagrees with me. I have to find. You have to go and actively find an email address to send a letter to or an email to in in which you say. I am disappointed in you having a different view and it's really hurting <laughs> black people that you have a different view. I think the oh biggest thing God. that ails black America right now is Camille Foster. It's me. That, that's it's you. me. The, the woman once sent me a DM, which is how dare you get on television and mm-hmm. talk shit, period. You're the Good worst question. kind of black person, period. Yep. Sit oh. down, period. My response, no. <laughs> Period. <laughs> because are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you serious? Like, who does that? Who that sends that message? <laughs> you should. You should wait. You should write her back and say, "Well, I, I'm waiting for your rebuttal. When are you going to go on television?" It's like, well, it's like, how dare you go on television and talk about your views? Oh my, oh God. my gosh. But the, the sense, the sense is that I'm like, I'm speaking on behalf of black people and I've claimed to be speaking on behalf of black people, which I mean, you, you gentlemen know, I never do that. I wouldn't do it. I don't, I don't speak for myself as a black man because I think that is inane. And when I get messages from people who say as a black woman, I mostly just hit delete because I don't care what you look like. It doesn't validate or bolster your point. Mm-hmm. Period. It, it, that doesn't play here. I would like to point out, however, uh, and this was uh, this was an absolutely stellar performance, which I just watched actually uh, for the first time right before we started talking. Just amazing. Uh, Me great. too. Um, like <laughs> I, I love how great friends we are to you, Camille. I'd, it's see, like, I'd seen some bits. We're busy, <laughs> we man. Both just watched it so we could talk about it on. I got no goddamn HBO. <laughs> Do I look like one of those fancy HBO havers? <laughs> you look like a privileged white cisgender male. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you got all sorts of HBOs. <laughs> but I will submit that that was the blackest you've ever been on television. Okay, I don't even I've know got, what that means. What is that? I don't mean? either. But let me let me go. Um, so at one point, um, I, I forget what the exact joke was, but like you tried to do a joke, which is always you shouldn't do that. But like, <laughs> well, oh yeah, first it was the don't white splain me to Jason Hanby. Like you did oh, yeah, that, that, you was, immediately regretted it. Yeah, you could tell. I, I like, did. No, no, I, I that's did. just a joke. Because, yeah, and he, because I know it's too effective. It's too effective. Like yeah, it, yeah. it actually it hurts people and. If they see it happening, I think it like changes the environment. And it's already a situation that's hard for anyone who's inclined to even remotely disagree with me, because in a setting like that, I have all of the hand and everyone by by virtue of cultural proclivities defers to me completely on matters of race and at least is going to be a hell of a lot less likely to push back really hard. So props to him for doing it at all. <laughs> well, it's so funny because you made a joke and you said, uh, don't wise plan to me. And then uh, he didn't talk for 20 minutes. And I was really funny because <laughs> I was like, and he's like, oh, you're like, I'm Super kidding. Effective. I'm kidding. 
And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to take I my know. chances. I'm just yep. going to be quiet. It was, I wasn't trying to be a bully. And then, and then not. Bill, uh, a little bit later, like was saying, well, you know, do you think that we think about race too much in this country? And yeah, he yeah. started answering and, yeah. and, and Bill just gave him like the, the complete side. <laughs> like, There's two people here. You can't answer that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other, you did two other black things. Uh, one of them was racist. <laughs> racist for me to say that it's black. It is. It's I was counting. Super, super racist, but please, please continue. Matt is uh, the arbiter to, of black things. To be yeah, clear, go for it, David. Dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be clear, but so my older sister uh, is a classical uh, pianist, and so uh, and she's seven mm-hmm. years older. So I, my entire life, I saw her performing like uh, live and stuff. And so, what do you do mm-hmm. as a younger brother when your sister, who's been playing the same, you know, goddamn Tchaikovsky all day long? Um, is playing it like in a live concert setting. What do you do? You know, you know what I do. I count the number of mistakes, and then afterwards, <laughs> you, you, you made thirteen mistakes. Uh, so that's that's all in the in the in that spirit. Uh, and I'm not even calling these a mistake. But uh, um, at some point, uh, you also made a, a joke. But the the gist of the joke was that as a black man, I do this, you know, or like black people are complicated. It was the most that you've admitted that you were black in television I've ever seen. I've ever that's, seen. But that's the thing. I didn't, I didn't admit to being black. I acknowledge their perception of mm. my blackness. Mm. By no, the way, seriously. let's roll tape. Which, which, which <laughs> we don't need to replay it. We, I didn't say, you know, I'm complicated as a black man. I said, I'm complicated. <laughs> <laughs> what? What I'm complicated. It, black it, people just talk like it's the. Fucking, I, I, it was. It's yeah. either, they, either two types of talking, or, or Camille and somebody from the 1940s in like. That's exactly right. Three yeah. Stooges short. Like, oh, but that's just my. That but that's just my dope. That's just my dope voice. The the only I regret only two things, and yes. and I don't know how much longer we'll talk about this, but I regret only two things. One is making the joke about um, my appearance being um, obvious. Uh, evidence of my privilege, which I I do think is true, and I am <laughs> rather handsome, but I don't know really, that it is advantageous to say that in that setting. You literally said, "Look at my face." Yeah, it I was, know. Look yeah. at this that face. That is, yeah, is a little the, much. Yeah, that was so is a little much. Great. Mike Barnacle doesn't say that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. look at this face. It's like, oh yeah, no, I know. Uh, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to throw my wife under the bus, but like uh, I, I mentioned that to, uh, when I saw you do that, that was like yeah. the most mm-hmm. amazing thing. It was great, super baller, uh, and, and, and hilarious. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I think I've heard him say that before too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably true. This is it's the first time true. that any of those people have heard the joke. It's the first well, time. Not, sure. not all exactly. of them. We, we do have a lot of listeners who who uh, did watch and we we did some things with them, which was great. No, no, and go back, go back and listen to the times uh, that we had uh, after Moynihan or I went on Bill Maher too, because the the thing about the the program is that it's hard and uh, like mm. different people watch it. Um, you know, like if for example. Uh, Camille were to go on like, I don't know, Tucker Carlson's show this week, just to throw <laughs> one out there. Um, more people would watch that. Like, yeah. Tucker Carlson's watched by three, three and a half million people a week. Bill Maher is usually mm-hmm. around two million, two and a half. Um, but it's a different audience. Like I go to church and a 75 year old and it's been a while, but like, uh, like a 75 year old lady will like will recognize me from Bill Maher. People recognize you from that thing just differently. It like it hits differently and i think that's the spirit of, of 
the original question that Michael asks, like suddenly the person you haven't talked to since sixth grade gets a hold mm-hmm. of you because of Bill Maher. They do not do that if you were on <laughs> Rachel Maddow or if you do it in other did you have anyone? Like, did you have anyone from sixth grade emailing you and telling you you weren't black? <laughs> because it's funny <laughs> when people said, say you. that. People say that to you. And, and for those who haven't listened to this show before, and we've attracted obviously some new listeners and hopefully they stick around, um, Camille often says this, I am not black. I do not I don't wanna, identify. We don't want to... But we don't want to try to unpack that now. No, this we're not going to try to unpack that. No, no, difficult okay, just, super quick. This is okay. a this is a short thing <laughs> because when you say I, I, I I'm say not I black. am not black and you are not white. This is this is actually it. Yeah. So, I, I, it's the important. opposite. It's like ebony and ivory, but <laughs> negative. And so yeah. <laughs> we, we're neither of these things. We and, all know. <laughs> but it's actually that's actually exactly what it is. People yeah, no, are the same is. wherever you go. That's it. Full stop. It, but it's it's really funny because people now are sending you emails telling you this, what you've been saying for a long time, and they think it's an insult. And you're like, no, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. not being on your on yeah, your yeah. racial team. So anyway. All, 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 ki- all skin folk ain't kin folk, which Uh-oh. is a very popular rejoinder that I have been exposed to. It is Who horrible and tribalist and they think it's an insult. It's popular. Can I tell you that, that Roland Martin, Roland Martin is <laughs> your favorite person? I, I'm going to, I'm going to indulge in ad hominem now and I'm going to okay. do it because Roland Martin has decided not to respond to the actual argument that I've made. And instead he, you know, denigrated me and again engaged in deplorable ad hominem that I don't need to repeat because this is my podcast. And why would I do that? Um, but I can say that he is unattractive, that he is losing his hair, <laughs> Wow! that he wow. is fired from CNN because he's disgraceful. He is not a thoughtful journalist. His platform is lame. And yes, I am using the podcast to air out my grievances. And I'm not even being particularly forceful because why would I be? He's already dead. See how I did that? Wow. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun to do bad things. Like drive into a car with your friends to <laughs> smoke smoke all cigarettes. That's a, you, get, you get what I did there. What what, what, is, what is that reference to? Is that a Matthew song? That's Latarian Milton. You go Google it. There's a, he has a whole story arc. It's very. It's actually kind of sad, but in the beginning it was funny. Um, although you kind of knew where it was going to end. Can I can I say something quickly? Yeah, yeah. This this is not how the regular podcast goes. This, this is, is a Patreon. This is, we talk. It's a little more navel navel <laughs> navel gazy, but it is also just just a bit more casual. So some people won't won't know this, and I just wanted them to understand um, that if they're listening for the first time. But I, you know, it's funny because when you said that today today to me uh, that Roland Martin was uh, attacking you, and I was like, oh my god, Roland Martin's attacking you. And I wanted to make fun of him, so I turned on CNN, <laughs> and it's been on all day, and I haven't seen him. So I don't know what happened because Roland Martin used to be a guy that was on television, and he's a he's attacking yeah. you. But no, as he's on the internet as, now. As far as with I an can army, tell, with an army of with an army of 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 people who use limericks when they're insulting you, is rhymes. <laughs> That's what they do. Is I just you can be loud, you can be loud, or you can be wrong, but you can't do both. Huh? What? What? <laughs> what? By the I way, got that from a, a medical doctor of some sort. 
Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, by the way, I want to say that the man who's impugning your blackness is Roland <laughs> S. Martin, the unemployed journalist. But Roland Martin, who's imp- impugning, he's impugning your my integrity as well. Yeah, actually. but he's impugning your blackness. And I just did an image search for him. And every picture, he's wearing a fucking ascot. <laughs> is a man dressed up like but he's he a looks butler. like a clown. Yeah, he looks ridiculous. He's yeah. wearing an ascot. Completely, in every picture. completely ridiculous. To the YouTubes, sir, you are over. Which, of course, look. TV, people get canceled. I mm. was on a show that was not canceled. It was revamped. Absent me. <laughs> but that's fine. I'm thriving. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, in addition, te- I've te- aired te- grievances. I've aired grievances. I, I can confess like the other, the other sin, um, the other thing that I'm disappointed in myself about. And it's, it's because I made a regrettable error while I was laying out my case. And we haven't even talked about what the case is or the controversy surrounding it. Go um, look maybe, I guess what we can do is probably use, we could probably use the two minutes of audio of the event in this thing, can't we? we could yeah, throw, of course. Is that throw okay? The, uh, yeah, it's fine. Throw the, uh, throw the, uh, the equity uh, thing because that was, that's yeah, the one that most right. people are responding to. And I think it was, it was also your strongest of many strong uh, points. In right, my it was two minutes. So you'll, so you'll get that in the beginning. You heard that already. So I did say something about you know, older people like above the age of 65 and that accounting for 80% of all COVID deaths. And I also suggested that black people comparatively accounted for something like 18% of COVID deaths. And I do know that black people make up approximately 13% of the population, which would mean that they are overrepresented. Um, and, you know, 18% is more than 13%. Uh, but unfortunately, I got the, the, the statistic wrong for people above the age of 60, uh, 65 and, or 55, whichever I said, it was wrong. Said 55. And, and the reason... I got it wrong is because I was shooting from the hip. I wasn't quite sure. And I used 80 because I thought it was sufficiently conservative that I would be right. But it seems I was off by a pretty substantial factor by about 13 points because the number is actually north of 93%. Yes. Yes. I shaved points and I hurt my own argument. When you said that, I was like, that's a bit low, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, (laughs) I was, I was wrong and I'm sorry. I made an even better argument. Than the one that I made on television. I am more right than I suspected. It is demonstrably true that the overwhelming majority of people who die in this country from COVID-19 are dying because they're super old and they get COVID-19. That is far more (laughs) obviously the factor that is driving COVID deaths than anything else. And if one is going to craft a policy for addressing this and rolling out vaccines, one ought to think about that primarily and foremost. And if one is going to think about other factors that might be relevant and important, looking at something like race, which is going to give you an amalgam of things that kind of correspond to COVID-19, some of which are increasing your likelihood of dying and some of which are not, or even contracting it, let's say, you probably want to get down to the specifics so that you can get a more accurate picture of what is driving COVID risk for certain people, um, for people around the country so that you can develop an appropriate strategy as opposed to saying, you know what, in the past, we have rolled things out in ways 
and white people have benefited too much. So this time around, we're going to change it so that black people can benefit too. And I know that that sounds gross the way I just said it, but that's almost a direct quote of someone who claims to be a medical professional, someone who's taken the Hippocratic Oath, who works in health policy. That's, that's almost a direct quote of them in the New York Times. And that's why I disparage this despicable idea based on a despicable notion of equity being the basis for driving policy decisions. It is awful. And so I rest my case and I'm right. And if you still disagree with me, I, that's because you haven't thought about this hard enough. Well, the one thing to point out about this, and this is not an actual political point, but just a practical point, uh, when you're on television, particularly if you're on a show in front of an audience and it's live, and obviously this was a slight pre-tape um, this time, right? It wasn't actually on live. Um, but and you're pulling numbers out of your back pocket, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Even if you know them, it's very easy to stumble. And that's the smallest of possible errors. And of course, the correction to that error, you know, really strengthens your point. <laughs> so I just don't think people understand this, that that people who sit back behind avatars and behind uh, <laughs> pseudonyms and they're like yelling at you behind a Twitter account. It's just like, and the, here's the thing, is that you have nothing better to do. You lost already in life and you're actually yelling at Camille Foster on television via Twitter and saying, you know, you're not appropriately black. Uh, or I think that was basically, you know, most of the argument was That's that. That's kind of it. Yeah. You always feel regret coming out of any uh, media appearance, but like perhaps even especially that one, uh, precisely because there's a lot of people watching. And uh, and if you come out with as few regrets as you did, uh, Camille, then um, that's pretty good. It was uh, it was effective and fun. I mean, that uh, other thing that can happen in that in that format pretty easily. And it's happened a time or two that I've been on, like just the combination of guests and the flow of the conversation somehow just doesn't kind of click and it's not like entertaining or interesting to watch. That was 51 minutes. That was super interesting to watch at every, at every moment. Like it just, the conversation kept going and that's, that's what you're doing. You're trying to entertain as well as like represent your own points and this kind of stuff. So, uh, it was, uh, very, very effective. And at some point, um, because this, our Patreon, which we usually, uh, episodes, which we usually record on Sunday nights, are usually pretty top heavy with uh, emails from people. And we'll mm -hmm. get to one. Mm -hmm. The one I get to later on is going to be one of the many emails. And and, and before we lose uh, or stop talking about this particular point, it's worth uh, uh, mentioning, I think, Camille, or like having you talk about a little bit, uh, the kind of contacts that you have been receiving uh, and the tenor of them, like some of the words um, uh, from people who hadn't encountered you before. When you say the kind of context, you're not talking about identities, right? No, just like uh, people who like, oh, hey, I'd never, I, I, I'd never uh, encountered you, or this is the first time I've had an extended thing. Like the mm -hmm. response, like it's easy to say that it was all about the, all negative response. The vast majority is super positive. No, the vast um, majority is the vast majority is overwhelmingly positive, and the general sense that I get is <laughs> that people have been sitting back and observing the the utter insanity of the prevailing cultural moment uh, in which entire newsrooms and media organizations have been hijacked by this this sort of cult of equity 
Harrison Bergeron syndrome, and they haven't had the language, perhaps, or the confidence to confront what they they're uncomfortable with. Perhaps they don't even they they don't they don't quite understand why they're so uncomfortable, and they want to be good people, and they're told, "Hey, Black Lives Matter." It's just a thing that you have to say. It's just true. We just they need particular help, so you want to you want to say that. Um, but for someone to say clearly, explicitly, no, it's not. It's not just a thing that you have to say. It's not just a moral claim. It's a political slogan. And it's worth noting that all lives matter is now uh, perversely um, <laughs> regarded as a racist slur. That's crazy. That's a crazy circumstance. Whatever you're trying to get across, that's that's kind of bizarre. Um, now, I should say that I have like talked to some like really smart people, and I have had some interesting conversations. And I think we'll we'll probably record some and share them with people offering a different perspective. Um, I talked to a dude named Van, who uh, was at TMZ for a while um, and has uh, his own podcast and quite a significant following. And if we do the thing, then you'll learn even more about him. And we talked for like uh, an hour 20 today um, on the phone. And it was just a great conversation. He's just like really smart um, and interesting and disagrees with me um, in a lot of deep and significant ways, but also a lot of really profound and interesting um, points of agreement. And what I really loved, and this is one of the sort of good things that has come out of this, like an interesting rebuttal you get from someone. Um, is uh, the fact that he just like wants to engage in conversation and he sees like the weird impoverishment of our discourse in this country. The fact that people just don't talk to each other. They regard people who disagree with them as enemies who are out to destroy them. And he even said like when he first encountered the the thing with me and I, he'd tell his own story at some other point. Um, yeah, he'll tell his own story at some other point, but it, it takes a bit to overcome that expectation and to recognize that someone isn't that monster and that you ought to engage with them. And, you know, kudos for him for reaching out. I appreciate it tremendously. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope we can record something together really soon. Cause I, I, I think he's very smart. So, uh, yeah, I think the reaction to some of the things that you said and your appearance, you know, a lot of it comes from the fear that people have and people sometimes express this to us and send emails mm -hmm. to us and you know we've had this uh, you know particularly patreon uh, subscribers who have a bit of a direct line to us and tell us how, what is going on in their lives in very very common that people say i feel kind of crippled with fear talking about these issues and that is the environment in which we live and you know people can say cancel culture doesn't exist or we don't really use that term very much around here but regardless of what it is, you can say people are irrational. You can say people are reacting to nothing at all. This is, you know, clearly an invention and something that is a psychosis that has just gripped everyone, kind of like a satanic panic that it doesn't exist. But I'm very, very fearful of this stuff. I'm fearful of saying these things. So, so when you are on TV saying these things, particularly in in you know on HBO, and it's not like Fox News or something where they would expect to hear these things. And it's like a, a sane, rational voice that is not switching between stop the steal 
<laughs> and you know something about race you're just kind of calmly rationally talking about this stuff it's like oh that guy's saying kind of what i think but there's a casting issue here and mm. and since kind of the you know george floyd protests and obviously it, it it's way before that but it really mm-hmm. really amped up there is a casting of people when you put them on television to talk about these issues they do not cast people who are you you are the last mm-hmm. person they're going to cast because they're not casting people to have good you know, interactions. This is the thing that's interesting about it. It's like if you own a television station, I presume you'd want the good back and forth because it dry, draws eyeballs. People you know, share the clips of it. Or if you work at a television station and then you're just kind of like furthering a political I- idea and ideology, that's what we, we see mostly is that it's an echo chamber. You know, that's why on Fox you have you know, the Fox News liberal who is not a liberal and hasn't been a liberal, somebody who was a Democrat, like worked for Jimmy Carter. And on MSNBC, you have a Republican host named Nicole Wallace, who is the possibly like the least conservative person uh, since I'm, I'm trying to think of, of uh, you know, uh, Rockefeller, when Rockefeller ran New York City. It's, it's just, this is what happens. I mean, you cast it because it's close enough to your own views, but it, it, it feigns a kind of debate, which doesn't happen. So I think that that's most of it, is people are surprised to see you in such a venue, because when you have people in a venue like that, it's usually as a wrestling villain. People clap for you. Bill agreed with you. It wasn't, you weren't there to be booed. And that is a different vibe because that's the thing about that show is you don't want to be the guy who gets booed because they pick somebody every episode and they get they get the, you know, the size and the ahs and the boos and all that stuff. But no, I mean, what one of the things that was interesting about it was that, like, for a while, it looked like Camille had taken over the moderating of the show, you know, like Bill wants to go that way. And I mean, he was he was definitely 60 milligrams of Adderall. By the way. Yeah. That's a that's a whole lot. Uh, no, 30. like like uh, he performance enhancing drugs. Let's, <laughs> let's just say he bonds. was skepticism curious or something as part of that, and that's uh, and that's and and so is Peter Hamby too. He's a, this seems like a perfectly lovely guy. I don't know him, but a lot of people uh, do and say that he's a pretty great guy. Um, like that's what made the conversation interesting is that uh, not everyone agreed, but they like the space. And this is the case in the best of uh, the Bill Maher idea for the last 25 years is that um, it can kind of create new spaces that you can't mm. quite get at or new kinds of conversations. And that was kind of like that. So like uh, to uh, yeah, to Michael's point, you just weren't the cartoon villain of the piece at all. And in fact, some mm-hmm. of the like hardcore, like weird ass Camille stuff that you said, they like that the best. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, well, of but, like just like insisting on the individualism and stuff, and I know you want to uh, get going, but but no, uh, no, I'm, I'm, we could we could sit here. It's I want to I want to shout out because this but, is the, this is a Patreon episode. Want to shout out Ben Price, a uh, super listener, for organizing a Zoom meetup uh, ad hoc of uh, of of uh, Patreon subscribers to watch together. And then uh, Camille uh, uh, joined afterwards, which is so cool that I had to join. And <laughs> it's a secret, trying. secret show, secret show, secret show. It was a secret show. It's great. <laughs> I want to say one final thing about that is that you talked about Peter Hamby, and um, I've hung out with. He's a good before. guy. We really we, nice we guy. Talked before. Um, I, I invited him on the podcast later. He's been he's been cast as some sort of villain for pushing back on me and like, oh no, super no, no, no. woke dummy. No. 
It, no, 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 it wasn't. No. Not, but, 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 is but this true. is actually the point that I was going to make is that there was an interesting, refreshing change in which it's usually somebody like me who is kind of genuflecting to the general liberal consensus on a panel and saying, well, you know, I kind of I, I disagree a little bit here. And you kind of sneak in, you kind of put your toe in the water mm-hmm. and you sneak in. Whereas Peter was doing that, which I thought was funny. He's like, yeah, I know there's a lot of lefties on Twitter and they're all idiots. <laughs> and he was in like the tone of the That's actual right. the tone right. of the actual show was like those were the just default bad guys when it's usually the exact opposite. So congratulations on changing the general tenor of that show for probably the first time in its history. So it was good. Yeah. I'm I'm actively um responding to Marlo Stern now, who um Don't is do it miserable while we're podcasting. Deprivate. No, it's fine. This is good. It's this is actually cool. <laughs> this is like the this is <laughs> this is like the director's cut for the tweet. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm I'm replying to him because he flagged Thomas and insulted him and propagated oh, something that is an Thomas easily Chatterton provable Williams. falsehood. Yes, my my dear friend Thomas Chatterton Williams. Um and Marlo Marlo is propagating a lie about him because even on Twitter, easily provable falsehood. He's miserable. It, you you write this garbage having watched the show and you don't reach out to anyone for content and you misrepresent people's perspectives you're you're a, a terrible person you're deplorable you're miserable at your job and any publication who employs you is impugning their credibility this is this is why the media is loathed because of you and your columbia journalism school degree which costs so much. I mean, maybe um, I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't say this because it, it actually sounds like really, really adversarial. Adversarial. Um, but I, actually, I mean it in an adversarial way. And he began this by writing a terrible piece. So if I sign off and it says Thomas isn't coming for you, period. I am. Period. Is that is that bad? Is that too yeah. much? <laughs> yeah, too much. I think it might be too much. <laughs> no, I don't think it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> Is that know. too much? No. He's 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 literally on the internet using what Michael Moynihan has described as one of, if not the most toxic charges in our in our polity, in our society. He's calling people racist on the internet. He's misrepresenting their views. Is he calling is it you not racist? fair to come for him? No, he's he's, he's actually Bill doing Mar it tomorrow. Like, is it, is it wrong to, to come for someone in that, in that circumstance? I think it isn't. I think it's appropriate. You, you, you defend the position you want to defend. My only thing is not about that it's an indefensible position. It's just I have an allergy these days to getting <laughs> involved in like protracted uh, arguments on Twitter, which I used to do like many years ago. Yeah, this I isn't going to be protracted. This is it. And, and you're right. I'm, I'm, this is the last argument I'll get in. So I'm going to allow myself a little bit yeah. of. Not <laughs> true. So no, this true. is this is it. This is it. I don't really want to. I don't want to have arguments. I don't want to be that guy. But I don't. But I'm not afraid of these people. And I think Why it's important. And I think that's. But I do, I do think that's the thing. Like many people are are afraid to have conversations in public, and they're afraid to articulate their perspectives on difficult issues, especially freighted issues pretty much anything related to race if they if they have questions about or if they don't agree with what they perceive to be the consensus elite perspective the one that is endorsed in the pages of the New York Times and various other places and 
I do think that it's important to like model like courage when dealing with these people and when appropriate, where people are themselves being awful, like it's appropriate to come for them too. I absolutely agree. Yeah. My, I mean, I agree, but my problem with it is, and this is what will, will keep you up until three in the morning is it's as if you're having a boxing match with somebody you chose to, to take up the person's offer to get in the ring for 12 rounds. But during the fight, everybody in the crowd comes in and starts fighting you too. And that's, that's the thing that for me is like, oh, you're going to get, don't get sidetracked by the number of people. And it's typically not just randos. It's, you know, when you work at a publication, everyone comes to defend you. Remember, we had a guest on here one time who was a, a terrible guest and then um, tried to <laughs> sick a mob on us. And every person that had ever worked with this person was like, you know, piling on us. And they didn't, they hadn't even listened to what it was. It's just like, that's the stuff that I can't stand. And I just, uh, you know, that's just a personal preference thing. I'm, I'm just not doing it. So, but, you know, go ahead and do it yourself. I mean, it's good for you. <laughs> uh, should we read one uh, email uh, that has to do with, with the, uh, the Mar appearance? Because it's great. Sure. Um, go for it. This comes from a 76 year old who did not leave his name. Um, <laughs> and it is, it's my favorite email in a long time from anyone on any subject. This is how it begins. Personally, I did not previously know anything about Camille Foster. I love saying that, by the way. It's like when I like buy an album or something, I don't like type these. Like, I'd never heard of you before. I'll be, like, I Why never does everyone start with that? I don't even know people who, Even people who are deriding me begin with that, which it doesn't help your argument. I've never heard of you before. Yeah, You're no, terrible. Just yeah. say you're terrible. It's way yeah. more efficient. I, I've never heard of I've you never... before. You're you're um, not black. Don't speak for black people. Just say I don't like your perspective. Let's let him like tongue bait you here before you. Oh no, I was talking him. about other people. Him, I, I love. know. I love this gentleman. I I'm a. I haven't seen I'm a seventy-six-year-old <laughs> retired businessman consultant, a moderate, quote-unquote, traditional middle-of-the-road Republican, now a rhino, a white guy raised and educated in the South during the nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties, a Vietnam veteran, married, and a grandfather of three children. I was extremely impressed by Camille's perspectives and opinions on real time. I thought that his comments and perspectives were better and more insightful than Bill Maher's. His addressing the practical aspects of the political and social COVID problems rather than being focused and blamed on racism and minority issues. Of course, there are problems of racism and biases against minorities, but that is not the root cause of the primary problems. Our society, not just the black or minority segments, need men, people who will address the root causes of the problems that are confronting our nation. We need people like Camille in positions of political Leadership, hashtag Camille 2024. Uh, I certainly would be likely to vote for him if he were to run for political office. Oh, no. And then and then comes the last sentence, which he put in bold and underlined as if it was a fundraising <laughs> letter from Richard Vigory. Uh, I was so impressed by Camille that I actually joined Twitter to express how impressed that I was by Camille. <laughs> This that's amazing. Right. Oh, oh no, I'm driving people to Twitter. That's what I'm yes. doing. You're well, driving that's the problem. You're driving the elderly to Twitter. Um, <laughs> after going Please, on real sir, time and Twitter. saying they're all going to die. Uh, is, <laughs> and now they're like, I don't know. I'm just gonna go to Twitter and just talk oh, about my Camille. Gosh. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Oh but. gosh. I just hit send on that tweet. Oh, motherfucker. <sighs> 
There you oh, go. It's fine. It's I fine. Care. I don't care. Someone's an asshole to you on the internet. Be an asshole back. Yeah, well, no, not, it's not necessarily the case, but he's a journalist. This is your job. Okay. I and now he's, like- he's quoting, he's quoting back to me because he, because he thinks, it, I don't know what he thinks. That's amazing. I, 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 <laughs> by the way, you're hearing Camille tweet in real time. Yeah. That's about that. real time. But this is, this is a oh new Patreon God. only. You subscribe it's, to this to hear. This is it. This is the director's <laughs> cut of Twitter. That's what this is. This is Twitter. The director's cut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you scumbag. Gosh, yeah. you're just terrible. Yeah, and it's right. fine because in, in your heart, you know I'm right. Yeah. Who did they used to say that about Moynihan? You know. Barry Goldwater. Know. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> in your heart, you know he's right. There's something to that, not to overextend, but like, uh, and you made a comment along these lines, and I forget what it, it was exactly pertaining to on the real-time episode, but like, there is a much larger audience for certain types of like common sense observations out there than you would ever know by consuming media or consuming uh, journalists on Twitter. Like mm-hmm. uh, the, the example that comes to mind, this is not what you were uh, referring to before, but um, you know, most people were like, I get it. Why people are protesting after the George Floyd thing. The George Floyd thing was terrible. Um, the protests are understandable and also they shouldn't like loot and like bash shit in. That's stupid. And those people should be arrested. That's like a super normie point of view. Um, and like we'll poll in great majorities. And like, if you express that on journalism, Twitter, it's incredibly fraught and divisive and partisan. Um, and there's so many issues like that. And I, and I think that some of the vocabulary used in in uh by people who are sending you emails after your appearance uh reminds me of the stuff that we've seen for five years and that we saw even before uh me and camille uh, when we did the independence like it's all i've been in a desert and you just offered me a cool drink of water you're keeping me sane the world's insane but you are sane. like it suggests to me not that we're special um i mean camille knows that we're we're special in his own way but uh but like but uh, but also like it's actually a it's a it's a funhouse mirror it's that the media managed to not tap into kind of or allow for a normal grappling with and grokking of of issues so that this these kind of reactions which are kind of like the normal majority reaction which doesn't mean that they're right it could be wrong and that's happened many many times before you know i uh, been writing for libertarian publications for 20 years I've, i'm used to being completely outnumbered on a lot of issues but like in the last five years and the last 12 months especially it feels like uh those types of pretty kind of normal reactions are trying are being rewritten as 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 strange and hostile uh and so when people encounter someone uh in a popular media space saying them they have like this shock of recognition um and what an indictment that is of normal media honestly like that's yeah. not that's not crazy that none of what you said was crazy only like like 2 2 3% of what you said was crazy yeah <laughs> it's 7% uh you know the the thing that i think is um pretty telling about this is and we've talked about this we talked about this in the past with tom cotton tom cotton's editorial that he wrote for the for the new york times which i don't think anyone 
who is on this podcast, liked his editorial or his suggestion to send federal troops in to quell rioting. But the response to that, which was, you know, firing people, there was an uproar um, and people said, we cannot have this on our page. I'm going to give you a scenario here and tell me if you think that this would happen at another publication. Do you think it would happen if he published at the Wall Street Journal? No, of course not. I mean, he actually published a similar one about the the January 6th, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, coup, revolution, uprising, uh, depending on your perspective, in the Wall Street Journal. No one, no one said anything. I mean, he was obviously doing that to prove a point. But it, it, that's what this is all about. And it's what it always will be about, is do not do these things where I can see them amongst my people, right? Nobody cares if Tom Cotton writes an editorial for the Washington Examiner. They care that other people in their universe might read it you know, because it's all good bien pensant liberals, they, they might read it and they might get the wrong ideas. And they might seem to be endorsing the, these ideas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you try to talk about polarization, which is possibly the most overused word in American politics and has been for quite some time now, is the polarization that one finds in the obvious polarization, you know, of these yahoos saying, you know, Trump won the election. No, he didn't. Go sit down now. Um, that is a level of polarization that's pretty severe and pretty significant. But this is another version of that. It's a version of that is when Tom Cotton's on the editorial page or, you know, you, you're you on Bill Maher or whatever it might be. You're intruding upon what I believe to be the mainstream and it should be one set of opinions here and not this set of opinions. That is a polarizing kind of thing. Because, I mean, I don't think that it's too strange. I think it's actually quite interesting to have, you know, people who you disagree with on a television show and on an editorial page. This perhaps is only me, and I have this kind of romantic old idea that people would disagree in a constructive way and trade kind of ideas about, about things. I mean, it used to be, I mean, go back and look at old issues of encounter and, you know, dissent and commentary. You will see people writing these long, in New York Review, long letters about you impugned me in the last issue and here's why you're wrong. And they're 5,000 words and they're really well-crafted. And of course, Twitter has had a negative effect in that sense, which is like, you know, the show ends, the credits roll and anybody opens their machine and says, you're a fucking dickhead and you're not really black or whatever. It's like, okay, I, I kind of miss those, not to be that annoying nostalgic about media in the past, but I kind of miss those days where you could say like, oh, you took a position that, you know, in my research, I believe to be totally wrong. I am going to write a very long thing that is essentially could double as a submission and a, and a piece is that that doesn't happen so much anymore. And that's kind of depressing. And that I think is a, is a form of, of polarization to keep you mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, there's an abandonment of the concept, the public square. It's been kind of quiet, mm -hmm. but it's, but it's, it's the real thing. I mean, I've said it before, the, the overwhelming kind of uh, vibe uh, among gatekeeper elitist, uh, elite media institution, not necessarily elitist, although they are uh, predominantly, um, but it's to be the bouncer outside the club. Like you're going to man the velvet rope and say, okay, listen, um, you have to be a certain type to get in here. And then once you do, you're expected to not do these things that can get you bounced from it. Um, and that is that's that's pretty new. The concept that um, I mean, what is deplatforming? Deplatforming is sort of like it just it, it means we want to shrink the square. 
because once we include the bad people, I was just looking, you know, while I was, while I was zoning out when my, Moynihan was talking. <laughs> um, uh, Jay Rosen, um, uh, a journalism prof uh, from NYU, was going on and on and on about how, like, Rand Paul, who's one of 100 U.S. senators, should not have been invited on to uh, ABC's whatever with George Stephanopoulos this week uh, because Rand Paul engaged in shameful, uh, like, uh, still, like, stop the steal election denialism or like, you know, did Donald mm-hmm. Trump win? Well, you know, yeah, you should love. Um, we're not really mm-hmm. sure kind of thing. And I agree that it's shameful. I do not agree that the solution to the shamefulness of that behavior um, is to not invite <laughs> one of 100 sitting U.S. senators on for cross-examination on a television show. Like it just that it strikes me as 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 bananas. That's the um, thing you 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 wait for as a as a host. I mean, that's a that's like an easy knockout blow. And to, to get somebody in that position when something is actually indefensible, it is literally indefensible, and any defense that you can make is a slippery defense, which is trying to change the subject. And if you're a decent host and you understand how to do these things and interview people, that's why you have somebody like that on, because you just beat them up like a, like a speed bag, you know, and they don't even know it hit them. It's people should know what these people believe. That's fine. And they should be shamed and, you know, challenged in public. Rather than, you know, no one ever talks about it. And, you know, maybe it's a, a, a sensible idea that there were some votes that weren't counted and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all these you know, dumb conspiracy theories. If you're George Stephanopoulos, you're smart enough to go, you know, well, here's what you said. And here's why that's bullshit. And end of story. Why is that a bad thing? Because people might hear it and they might not believe George Stephanopoulos and they might believe Rand Paul. The Those theory- people have bigger problems and Jay Rosen cannot solve them. The theory is that, uh, you know, Rand Paul would immediately say, well, you and the liberal media, blah, blah, blah. And so, so there, no amount, no amount of evidence could shake him from his talking points. And so why let him come into this public square well, the, and the do point, the talking points? The point is, is not to change his mind. It is to beat him, is to make a better argument than his argument. And when you make mm-hmm. a better argument than his argument, people walk away saying, Oh, that was a really good argument. And you know when you've seen that? When people send emails to us about Camille being on real time. They heard a really good argument. They're like, oh my God, I haven't heard that before. It's pretty interesting. And I'm going right. to write an email about it. That's why you put people like that on TV. And that's why other people get afraid. And, and this is all a fear in this of like, wait, wait, wait. Roland Martin's like, wait, he's not, he's not in our club. He's not the black person on TV club. We're, we run that club. We never allowed him to. Did he start his own club? What the fuck is going on? And then, he, <laughs> and then and he's saying this, by the way, while he's putting an ascot on, stuffing it into a shirt. Um, and, you know, that kind of thing is how you win, right? And it, it makes them fearful. They don't like it. They don't like engaging in argument. There's, I mean, we've talked a lot on the show about uh, the 1619 Project, which is an unfortunate thing because we're now in an era, which I think hopefully things will be better, that we have, we can actually talk about things that are not tainted by dumb people in a presidential administration making those arguments worse and kind of toxic for everybody. Like, we're going to have a 1776 project that will be taken down a day after it's put up because it's also because it's really stupid. Um, Nicole Hannah-Jones, for instance, has been criticized in the show. She's been criticized by a lot of people. Um, I've seen her on television. I've never seen her in an environment in which she has been, been challenged by anybody. So why this is exactly why Camille is unwelcome, because we don't do that. We don't there's no there's no (laughs) debate here. There's a truth. And if you don't believe in that truth, there's something wrong with you. And if you don't believe in that truth and you're black, then you're a traitor and a sellout and an Uncle Tom and 
you know, all the other bad words, which I won't say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's good. I mean, honestly, it's been like a really great weekend and I feel like, um, I feel like it, it's been again, overwhelmingly positive and made some progress. And even when I've had to engage with interlocutors, even when it's people as loathsome and slow as Roland Martin, like I, I, I feel like I've comported myself in a respectable way, even when I signed off on the email XOXO, and I mean it, I mean it, XOXO. Uh, should I read a, XO. uh, a drunken email from Todd? Oh my sure. gosh. <laughs> should you? It's super good. Okay. $300 a year? That's how it starts. Uh, no, I absolutely cannot afford it and will likely drop it down in the next few months. Sorry, boys. <laughs> but this, <laughs> and this will get this will get funnier in a moment. Um uh, but god damn it, Camille. Do you absolutely slayed on Mahar. The disconnect <laughs> between me and the people that I think I agree with on a lot of things is so wide if Twitter is any indication. I am a lefty, but not a crazy lefty, but also not a, a establishment Democrat. What the fuck do we do? Before the HBO show, I was going to forward the message to my friends to watch it. And even after watching it, I was thinking, holy shit, I wish you would have told them to watch it. Well, first of all, you should have. And then I saw the responses on Twitter and I thought, holy shit. Sorry, I just lost my place. I thought, <laughs> holy shit. It's a goddamn good thing that I did not tell them to watch that. Uh, again, another mistake, because I don't know who they are, I think. It's depressing as shit, man, because to be honest, I don't like the fucking everything is cancel culture idiots either. Should have been some hyphenation there. But anyways, uh, mm -hmm. I hate that infinite rage reaction to a meant impotent rage uh, reaction to people wanting to make things better. But Jesus Christ, my side sucks a big fat one. Tired <laughs> of everything, man. I don't know where to go. I'm so glad I'm here. Love you, motherfuckers. Please keep up the 90s <laughs> hip hop talk. I am mad drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that in the beginning. <laughs> if we're talking about the economy of words in an email, if you're tight, if like you're, you have a tight word count, that last sentence was totally unnecessary. That was <laughs> never has something been so apparent to so many. <laughs> and, and then he says, he says at the end, uh, he adds a second email afterwards, uh, like <laughs> clarifying the impotent infinite rage thing. He goes, Oh, and the whole uh, $300 thing was referencing that I bumped my donation up to $25 a month last night. And then I did the math. <laughs> Oy. Anyhow, an embarrassing moment. Sorry to bother. I am a goon. Uh, well done, Todd. Next time, listen, next time. Obviously, $50 a month is the right amount. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, just go ahead and tell them anyways. Tell them anyways to watch Camille, because you're right. And in fact, um, you were probably watching negative Twitter reaction because Camille was, was speed bagging it. But that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't the overwhelming uh, preponderance no, of it. it's like, not. It's not. Like, it really, oh, really isn't. Of the stuff that I can see, right? So it's the stuff sending uh, people sending emails to the contact at we the fifth.com um in addition to patreon messages which are uh, subscribers um over i mean like actually it was a hundred percent uh positive um and uh and and yeah as uh, camille was just saying um predominantly positive now i was gonna say um you know one thing that i've discovered is and this is interesting people people have an interesting relationship with instagram like, mm -hmm. A lot of folks almost exclusively use that platform, yes. it seems. And they 
will hunt me down after an appearance. And, you know, if they're interested or maybe they hate me, they'll just follow and, you know, look at photos of me and my family. Because that's what I use Instagram for, like mm-hmm. pictures of my family, mostly my yeah. kid. And I'll say cute things. And I, I follow my friends who I know. And like they follow me back and other people follow. And I haven't decided to make it private, which maybe I should. Um, but I am astonished by the awfulness of people who will comment on a picture of my daughter, like in her backpack going to school. And they're not talking about her and disparaging her, which is great. And because what kind of monster would, um, they're, they're like disparaging me on the photo. And just saying, like, really, again, the same sort of obnoxious stuff. There's never any thoughtful rebuttal, which tells you a great deal about these people. These people, I said it that way. Yeah. Um, it, it just is is bananas. Like, do you delete I, I, those I even comments? Get, I do, I do, because I again, it's a picture of my kid. It's just, it's despicable. Yeah. Although some people at least have the decency to send me messages. Um, one of which was, "Hi, I just heard you." For the first time on the Bill M show. Wow. I am a black woman that works in DEI and your performance was deplorable. Please stop speaking for black experience for profit. She said the <laughs> black experience for profit. Um, at least she said, please. So yeah. because she said, please, I sent her a reply. I'll, re- I'll read it to you because I can't, okay. I can't share it. And this is the last thing. This is, was fun. Um, I speak for myself and I certainly won't be taking direction from you. As a black woman, that incantation doesn't invest your views with credibility. As for your profession, you peddle insecurity and tribalism for a living. I don't know how many people you've hurt promoting that (laughs) DEI mind virus, but something tells me you'd never miss an opportunity to deposit your check. Yeah. We good over here. No response required. So love you. you, So you're going to have, you just made a friend. Um, but the funny thing, the funny thing about that is that, as you said, that incantation at the beginning, and you never said that on the show, but it's so common amongst people like her that the presumption is that you were thinking and doing the same thing. You know, you know, this is the actual authentic black experience. And that is not what you said. And I've never heard you say that. And of course you never would say that, but it's hilarious that that's exactly what well, it's what she thought because it's what she's used to. That's what people say. That's what she that's does. How, and again, that's, that's what she people does. In her, her universe, which, exactly, who yeah. does that? I don't who know. It's that? crazy. It's totally it's gross. And, and again, like like the audacity. And I have been on this earth between us a long time. Yeah. And the number of times that we have been criticized for assuming to speak for the authentic white experience, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can count on one hand. And the like, very idea that it could be any one thing. The I very mean, idea. If I spoke it for the white experience, a Jesus Christ, I'd join the fucking Black Panthers. <laughs> I mean, Jeez. good band name. Yeah, you've had some good. You've had some good. You've had the white experience is yeah. a good band name, actually. Um, you've had you've had some good some good moments there, Moynihan. Yeah, I'm done. So. I think I'm done with life yeah. at this point. <laughs> I've had I've had some moments. If that's you, what you're suggesting, you that I like, that I Gigi Allen and just kill myself. I mean, I think <laughs> about it sometimes it because all. I'm like, that's eh. why I don't go on Twitter, by the way, and it's why like if you say something on Bill Maher that's controversial. I would take my phone and hurl it into the ocean and then buy a new one a week later because I just don't want it. I just, because oh, I man. can't, I can't let that shit go. And it makes me so angry that people do that without naming themselves because you are a person of like, you know, 
extreme and profound bravery compared to them because you're saying shit, you know, what you, and it's your own name. And what, what is the consequence of that? People say nasty shit on your fucking daughter's picture on Instagram. So there is actually some kind of repercussions. Or, or worse, occasionally, occasionally you get threats too, but you know, whatever. Yeah, some yeah, of those are real and some aren't. Yeah. And they, they like send texts to your wife and all this stuff. But it's like, mm-hmm. they, they, there's, it's cost free for people to, to, you know, say nasty things to you on the internet. And I just, I, I don't, I don't deal with it. So. So we're going to change, we're going to change topics to the extent we're going to go much longer at all, but I should like give like good examples of the feedback I've gotten. And one guy sent Please. me this fabulous, this fabulous message that I agreed with you 1000% intellectually and also 1000% disagreed with you emotionally laughing emoji. I guess that was your point laughing emoji. <laughs> and I just messaged it back exactly. That is exactly my yeah. point. Um, and there's another one. Um, I watched you on Bill Maher. And while I don't completely agree with you on some things, I definitely get your perspective. And it was refreshing to see where I might be wrong. Appreciate you oh. taking me. Um, appreciate you um, taking me out of my MSNBC bubble. Good luck with ongoing endeavors. And I Look. replied to her, this is the best message of the day. Many thanks. And in, in truth, I got like a few messages like that, which I've been able to reply to. Um, part of the reason for taking this exorbitant amount of time to, again, do this navel ga- nasal gave it, uh, navel gazing <laughs> is because is because the response has been really overwhelming. And honestly, while I'm uh, frustrated by, you know, the awful people, I am so inspired by all of the remarkable people who have sent me just these incredibly nice notes, which nearly all begin with, I've never heard of you before, um, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and, and just uh, like tried to flood my inbox with like, you are really interesting and smart. Uh, some cases it's, I overwhelmingly agree with you. You're the most important and smart person in the world. And in other cases it's, and I, I will tell you that these mean a little bit more to me because this is the reason I do it at all. Cause it's not fun to have people like publicly hate you. Um, the people who say, Hey, that's interesting. Anything else I could look at, which I can't always reply to, or I don't know that I agree, but I really appreciate you sharing. And honestly, like there's some vitriol and contempt and fire occasionally. We all have that. It's appropriate. Sometimes we should, maybe when you get emails like that, maybe it, it, it should allow us to not focus on the many assholes and think about the Many nice people who send things like that or like people who say like, I work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion business and stop making money off of black people in the same same message. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. Um, What do you do? Okay. I forget it. I'm just going to walk out of this conversation though. But yeah, the the messages like that are great. And um, they're probably far more of those. I mean, I always think of it like Yelp reviews. Is that you know people who are pissed off write Yelp reviews? People who had a perfectly good meal, they don't go home and like I want to tell everybody. I just had a I had a pretty serviceable meal and my my waitress was nice. That's not something you run to your computer for. If they like you know call you a bad name and you know spit in your food, you do. So you're getting a lot of messages from people who are assholes, and I would say the majority of people don't think that at all. So that's true. Uh, that's true. I and, block, also, and the block button works too. I'm, I'm using it yeah, <laughs> when necessary. 
I want to shout out some uh, thanks now that we have a reliable uh, or a reliably um, inhabited address for y'all to send your beautiful gifts to. Um, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, uh, one of our uh, great listeners, sent one of the best things I've seen in a long time, which is this. I don't have the information in front of me, but I uh, posted something on my Instagram of it. Uh, it's basically a uh, elaborate a Soviet Russian bottle opener based on a cartoon children's cartoon character who is like a, some kind of lascivious chain smoking wolf who plays guitar. Otherwise <laughs> known as an American. Yeah, but okay, yeah. Certainly American. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. And thank you. And I would like to segue that with, and, and, and his uh, letter uh, with it was like, Hey, it sounds like you guys have, enough brown liquids which is true we have quite a few yes. uh, there in the chinatown uh place uh, other colors for liquids very much welcome um as are the browns as well but anyways uh, he's like yeah i thought maybe you need some other uh business we are kidding out a studio uh last week uh, uh last uh thursday when we recorded there was the first time that we really had an inkling of what the studio is going to end up looking like um and it's pretty great uh it's super great uh, so, uh, but big blank walls, we're going to go poster shopping, all of us, but like some <laughs> seriously big blank walls in that place. So, um, just going to plant that suggestion in people's ears. Um, we were, and- by the way, after the last Patreon looking online for Melania posters and we found one that was pretty great. <laughs> so we'll be ordering that one for sure. So yeah, there's no question. <laughs> just saying if you wanted something in that, I'm just saying like, you don't just have one. I mean, who has one Melania poster? <laughs> Like, what is wrong with you? You have one, you and the Pet Shop Boys? No, you have one. Oh, my God. You get a Melania poster. poster and then, like, the, uh, the just like a loop of the yeah. audio from the beginning of the last, uh, the cold open of the last episode. That's just. Yeah, well, and, uh, yes. and also, um, I want, it'll be like that Rod Stewart infatuation video of the 80s. It'll just be the studio be covered with pictures of Melania, and that's it. No reference to our <laughs> stupid husband who can fuck off and we're done with him. We were done with him four years ago, but we're really done with him now. But we're never, ever done with you, Melania. And I just realized you were 46 <laughs> when you became the first lady. Isn't that right? Wow. Yeah. She's 50 wow. now, right? I think she's 50. Wow. So, yeah. 46-year-old first lady and, uh, <laughs> and the greatest first lady. You did more for America. Let me just let me wow. just say this quickly. She than did more for America oh, than her husband by a lot. I think she's like FDR, but like of gardening or whatever the hell she was doing. Oh, bullying, bullying, bullying. Yeah, she's doing bullying. Well, her Be best. Well, her husband was bullying people on the internet. Be best international yeah. the yeah. platform. <laughs> no bullies, please! It's yelling at the top of her. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to get to one non-Mar uh, email just because it's funny. It makes me laugh. And we might uh, close out on this since we all- We should. should you know probably- why we should? Because I can tell. Because Camille's like, we have to have you have to, you have to see me in the monitor in front of you. So now I can. <laughs> and I actually can see him just on Twitter. He's like obsessing it's not true, on Twitter. Yeah. That he's, true? Like, he's like, we're it's rolling, rolling Montanet. He going to come up here. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, looking, for, I'm not yeah. looking for that dude. Yeah. I really am not. Yeah. I really am not. I'm finished with Where him. does he live? I'm yeah. finished that. I'm finished with who knows? Who cares? Honestly, no one is thinking about Roland Martin. You know, Nobody. I bet I bet Jimmy Walker loved you because Jimmy Walker didn't he used to date <laughs> Ann Coulter or something? 
Do you remember that? Oh. Who, Jimmy Walker? Yeah, yeah Jimmy Walker. Yeah. I think he like yeah. his little dynamite oh. situation. There's yeah. something like that. Is he still alive? Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Gary That's if Gary good. Coleman was a still alive, a little dynamite situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this email, uh, which is brief, comes from people, a pro- people are posting the clip of me on on PBS, um, the the one where I the clip where I explain why I don't self identify as black, and they're posting it as if it's an insult. Like, yeah. oh my God, can you believe he did this? Again, they have no idea. Like, they're promoting my work and I am exceptional at explaining my perspective. The more you share this, like, the better it is for me. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, the, the one that like has half a million views now is from this, this kid, man, who knows, who wrote, listen to Camille, expert advice on a subject he is clueless about, an attention seeker with no training in med science. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He he refers to Bill and Pete and says they were enthralled by his know-how. What's remarkable here is I'm talking about statistics. And statistics are no more the unique province of doctors than driving is. I I don't like to talk about credentials but my my undergrad degree was in, in econ, and the other one is in government. And between those two things and the rest of my adult life, like professionally, it's likely I've spent more time looking at numbers and evaluating data and understanding like concepts like comparative advantage and other things that most doctors don't know shit about. Doctors, for example, aren't the people to ask about healthcare economics because most of them have no fucking idea. You're a brain surgeon. You're the best brain surgeon in the world. Perhaps you've separated conjoined twins. You don't do your own bookkeeping, my nigga. Mm. Are you kidding? You're talking about Ben Carson? Are you- <laughs> again, again. <laughs> oh, uh, that's for Angela Ree. Oh, God. <laughs> Seven, seventh day got a seventh day. <laughs> The great disappointment. But uh, uh, I don't know who found that clip, but whoever found that clip, I just wanted to say something to you quickly. You're a huge fucking loser <laughs> because you know what you should be doing? <laughs> Talking to your kids who hate you or maybe trying to get a girlfriend that you never had instead of like rummaging through the trash and trying to find a clip of Camille. Like you saw him on a TV show on HBO and you've spent the weekend looking for like, what a fucking loser you are. Literally look at your life. Look at your life. Oh, they're helping. They're, hel- they're helping. They're helping you, but they don't think that. <laughs> it's great. They don't think that. That's okay. That's okay. Good works are good works. I, I guarantee you, this guy right now is in the fucking line at the Circle K, like slurping on like one of those like canned coffee drinks, looking, scrolling through YouTube. I'll find Camille. He'll say something bad, and like then I'll post it. Wait until they find out I've been on television with Tucker Carlson. Oh before. my god! Wait until they find out I used to work at Fox Business. Yeah. Wait till um, they find out the uh, the, en- with the N-word uh, segment. Oh, the N-word video where I told oh, white my. people that they can they can and should be able to say it. Um, <laughs> I'm so dangerous. I'm the worst monster. Just so terrible. Uh. I hope they I hope they don't post the full clip of me saying the things unedited. That would be terrible. Please, sir, don't throw me in the briar patch. <laughs> Whatever will I do? 
But by the way, is oh, anyone God. listening to this right now who hates you? Is like, listen to him performing for those two white people. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. true. It's, I'm the worst. Yeah. All he I'm does doing. is perform for us. Yeah, that's I'm also really... doing it. I'm also doing it to enrich to enrich myself. That is the that's the best argument. So the, the truth is that I'm so much I'm so much better than most people who do this on the other side. <laughs> that if I agreed with them and I did it, I would be so much wealthier than I am. And this this doesn't pay nearly as well as you suspect either. I, I did other things. Why? But why? <laughs> by the way, why is it bad to like make a living on something which is not what you're doing in this way in any way? But like, uh, there are a lot of people who do that, right? There are a lot of people who are like pissing on you whose living is to like watch a television show and write mean things about the people on that television show. That's a job. That's a job that somebody has. And yet they're like, look at you trying to cash in on what cash in. Yeah. Let's close. <laughs> let's close with a uh, email from Ian, which is the right name for this email. Hello. Y'all, y'all although he does start with it, y'all. So maybe it's uh, y'all mentioned pet shop boys several episodes mm-hmm. ago, and I never really gave them a chance because I like women. <laughs> oh, I see where he's coming from. Yeah. But goddamn, they're good. Yeah, it's true. Be- Behavior is one of the best albums of the '90s. Great record. I don't. Rem- yeah. I don't remember if it was Matt or Moyne, but thanks for the wreck. Definitely me. I'm. I'm also gay now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love wins. I love wins. I love, it. I love the fact that it's the last it's the sentence best. as like a, as like an afterthought. Oh, by the way, I'm gay now. I mean, That's the best. <laughs> That's the best. He needs that. I hope he finds love. He's 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 That's he's good. finding it right now. In a, pu- in a public park in Dorset. Um, that is inappropriate yeah, and is. hilarious. Yes, it is inappropriate. But no, uh, no, I have to say that the only person who has talked uh, in a, uh, that does like political stuff for, for a living in some sense, talked about the Pet Shop Boys as much as I have, is actually Andrew Sullivan, who when he had a blog used to like write about the Pet Shop Boys and post Pet Shop Boys videos all the time. So maybe there's something to what Ian says. The other thing I would add about the Pet Shop Boys, <laughs> and I probably mentioned it once on a Patreon episode, but as part of the uh, the fun uh, looking through the year 1989, one of the uh, in music, one of the great discoveries was that Liza Minnelli recorded a an actually popular record in the middle of 1989 that was written and produced by the Pet Shop Boys. And it's good. Mm-hmm. It was popular in England. It was like didn't do anything in uh, the United States. Um, but it's kind of great. It sounds like the Pet Shop Boys, but with like uh, Liza Minnelli, my, Liza Minnelli singing like, "Don't drop bombs, <laughs> baby." It's like what? Uh, None of it makes sense. It's great. Um, let's end on this because I know Camille is like checked out. We can see him because he's just on Twitter. That is not true. I am here. No, you're not I'm here. <laughs> I am present. Well, you know, you're, you know what you're doing. If you're here, you're seething. Because you just, I can see I'm not like, seething. Blind, I feel like... so good. And can I, can I just say thank you to Andrew Wimsat, who, yeah, um, actually was, we were talking over Twitter and he's, he's been like my data room for the past day, which is amazing. Cause I know that he's like an engineer. He's bright. He's a listener to the podcast. Everybody knows Wendy, um, Busty, Wendy, <laughs> Busty, Wimsat. God, I'm so yeah, tired. Everyone like knows he's Busty. Busty. <laughs> Wendy. Um, but uh, yeah, he put some numbers together for me, and um, I didn't. I didn't use all of them. I did use one. But he, um, I told him that I was. I suspected I might have gotten the the eighty percent figure wrong, and he looked it up for me and and gave me the right the right figure. He also calculated like COVID deaths per thousand um, across like all races. Um, and dude's and an engineer, man. He's good with it. Uh, yeah, age groups, and it's it's great. It's great stuff. And again, I just. 
just write about these things. I, I try harder than them. Use outwork and outlast. Come on. Well, here's what I would like to hear is uh, when's Camille doing office hours? Oh, office hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should. Um, First hmm. student in office hours, hmm. Roland Martin. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Please. I hope so. Yeah. So office hours. So we talked about this and I posted about it in the Patreon. So you probably know already. Or some of you don't know. So I'm going to do, uh, we decided this some weeks ago, at least three, possibly four different windows of like 90 odd minutes a piece, maybe. Uh, for office hours, and we're going to do them in different cohorts based on the the Patreon tiers and the specifics. I am not yet sure about, but I can commit to doing the first posting times and days for the first pair of office hours by um, tomorrow. And yes. my suspicion is that the first one will be uh, on Saturday. And I may try to do another on Sunday and I'm going to try to space them out at different times to, to, to the benefit of people in different regions. Uh, and yeah, it should be fun. And the, 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 I think what we're going to end up doing and platform won't be announced straight away, but it'll probably be, I'd like to just do like a zoom with, with mics all unmuted if the groups are sufficiently small. Um, and again, I, I just don't know how to, how to best do this. So you'll have to work with me here, but, but my aspiration is to make this a regular thing for us if it goes well and all of the, the gents, um, and perhaps sometimes we'll be able to do it with some of our, our super best friends and frequent guests on the podcast. Um, we'll, we'll do some office hours and you'll have an opportunity to, to keep scoring on us for the many bad takes that we have your, your perception of bad. And there's some. Um, and for perhaps to wait, I say heat praise for the bad takes that didn't make sense, but you know what I mean? That's it. We all get so, it. So yeah, yeah, that's office hours. That's office. Or, or you could just come and say whatever you want. Um, but you know, just don't, don't, don't be too much of a jerk. We'll be nice to each other. We should love each other. We should love and care about each other. All we got is us. Thank you. Thank you. Spaceship on spaceship earth. All right. We're good. Fine. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. Put some play some play some of that fifth column music. We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse.